Welcome to Takeaways, Life Lessons Learned. I'm your host, Hayam Mizrahi, recording from MDL Group. Recognized market leaders in commercial real estate brokerage and property management in Las Vegas, Nevada. Join me as I explore my takeaways from the people who have influenced me the most. Let's get started. I'm back. We are live at the NAP October program. NAP is the Association for the Commercial Real Estate Development Community. I am here with Sean Donosky, CEO of DC Building Group and NAOP Chapter President. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. I am welcome back. We missed you last month. Thank you. I got to hear back you and Reed. You did a fabulous job. Thanks for sitting in. And you just got back too. You were just on a trip, a NAOP trip to NAOP Converge. Where were you and what's that all about? We were in Los Angeles for four days. Uh, it was the NAOP CRE conference. Uh, we got to do several project tours to show what they're doing and the redevelopment and some of the new towers that they're building in that area. It is a, a gathering of all of the developers, brokers, contractors that are part of NAOP throughout all of U.S. And every year they get together and they move it around the country. So just NAOP leadership? Anybody who's in NAOP. Anybody who's a member. I think we had 12 or 14 of us from Southern Nevada. Nice. So it was a pretty good turnout. We had we had a good time. We got to see uh, our very own Rick Myers moderate a panel. He talked about global transportation of goods and the impacts of how it's shipped across the ocean, how it's shipped across rail, and what that does to us here in Southern Nevada. And why would something like that matter to a little old broker like me in Las Vegas? Because it impacts our commercial real estate in Las Vegas. It impacts our property values. It impacts our development. It impacts the railway and the roadway from the port across the U.S. And so if I get out of my chair at the office, take a day or two, go to the CRE Converge, I'll get that kind of macro perspective and can make better decisions locally. Absolutely, you will. You'll see what's happening outside of our valley. Terrific. Uh, Again, Matt Hoyt. Received a national DLI award, which was a pretty big deal. I think there were about 10 from around the country that received those. That is a big deal. And we were able to make connections from Hawaii all the way to New York. There were people from all over the place. Uh, I I think it's also important to know how big and how impactful of a chapter we are here in Southern Nevada. We're like the 14th largest in the entire U.S. for NAOP. And when we sit in some of these conferences, there's some roundtables and some forum conversations we actually have a lot to offer that other chapters can learn from us. That's very cool. We're small, but mighty. So we're going to share our takeaways from today's program. The title was Building the Past Shapes the Future. It was essentially a fireside chat with two titans in our industry, two NAOP pillars, lifetime award winners, and two absolute menches. I'm talking about Tom Schumann and Frank Martin. And the moderator, of course, a living legend, Jennifer Levine, Vice President, excuse me, Senior Vice President at Realcom Advisors. I think Jen is, uh, I think she does a really good job moderating these panels. She was handpicked by the Programs Committee to moderate this particular panel because when you have two guys like Tom and Frank, you need someone like Jen to tame them both. Well, and she did. She presented the questions well. She kept the conversation going. She kept it delightful. 
So she's an absolute, absolute pro. The program today was sponsored by the Gardner Company, and the room was set for a whopping 210 people. It was a good turnout. So who is Frank and who is Tom? And why would Naop give them an entire morning to talk about their careers? You want to go first? Well, I, I, growing up in this industry, I've been in this industry now for almost 30 years. And Frank and Tom were two icons back when I was in my 20s, just trying to figure out you know, where my office was in the morning. And they have been so impactful and so um, such an influence in architecture, design, construction, development in Southern Nevada. They also talked about how influential they were at the starting points of NAOP. Yeah, they really that was a, j- a jump off point. So why are they here? You know, what does it really mean? And it would be one thing that they are both, you know, Tom is an architect. Frank is a general contractor. Tom, as an architect, grew his company, JMA, to one of the largest locally and one of the largest nationally, successfully exited that company, is now on the other side and um, lives a 20-hour-a-week lifestyle, as he talked about. Anyone listening to this who is on the journey of their career, can see what Tom has done and say, wow, I wish that for myself. Frank, he talked about, he started out, he's a carpenter. He became a businessman. He grew his company, Martin Harris Construction, to the largest locally, sold it in 2014 to an even bigger company, which he now sits on the board and helps them buy other companies like his. Um, Him too. You could see it's a lifetime of career. And what is he doing now? He talked about he's honoring his wife, supported him, when he would sleep on his drafting table, wake up and start work the next day as he built his company, as he built the community. Uh, and now his primary job is to support her and her passion, which is horses. Yeah, she is incredibly active. I, I, I want to guess they do 20 events a year, and she is always out in the motorhome hauling to another and another event. And he's right there with her. He's getting on a plane today to meet her in Arizona. Yep. So... Completely successful in their trades, completely successful building their companies. Uh, They talked about how they both were, at the onset of NAOP, pioneers and things that we know and love today, like the NAOP Spotlight Awards and other programs like that. What struck me about those comments there, when when Jennifer asked the first question, which is, how has NAOP impacted your careers? That was the first question. Tom started the morning and he said, what life was like when there was no NAOP? And I've been in, in this industry now for a good amount of time. And that really struck me, Sean, because you take for granted that there is a NAOP and how excellent NAOP is and all the stuff that NAOP does. And I paused for a second and said, wow, what would it be like in this industry without a NAOP? He, he noted that NAOP was a vehicle to get together and get to know each other. And we do this every single month. We do it in all the committees. And back then, this didn't exist. And it's easy to take for granted what does exist. You know, Frank talked about the impact of the Spotlight Awards. And this was also one of these take-for-granted moments. So when there's no NAOP Spotlight Awards, when there's no uh, criteria of what the most successful office building looks like or the most successful industrial building looks like, uh, when there's none of that, everyone just kind of does their own thing. When there is that, there is not just a standard but an aspirational standard. Like I thought about the ripple of the impact of our community, folks that come here say, okay, well, who's the biggest and baddest NAOP? Let me plug in. How do I win the top dog award there? Whatever the category is. And they built to that aspirational standard. Boom. I mean, that was just, it seems simple and like fundamental, but I really, it really resonated with me today. 
that's one of the events that we just take for granted. Tom's quote, I think it was, it allowed for higher quality projects to be recognized in our industry. Yep. And if there's a copycat development, they're going to copy that higher quality and it's going to keep getting better and better and better. Frank had mentioned the uh, one of the other platforms that they helped build in NAOP was the legislative platform that it gave the industry a voice. And he talked about some of the key accomplishments about laying the foundation for lean laws. Yeah. Lean laws have been around since you and I, before we started mm -hmm. our career. But and these two gentlemen, they helped lay the foundation for it. So then they shifted gears a bit. Uh, Jennifer asked them what was a, you know, the most meaningful project. Another, you know what I love about guys like this is, you know, fundamentals don't change. So Tom talked about Howard Hughes was one of his first clients. They were a developer. He was an architect. And they set expectations for him as an architect on if you want to be our architect and continue to be our architect, you have to design projects that we can actually build and be competitive with in the marketplace. And they told him they could hire anybody in the country and for him to perform, and they gave him an opportunity. If not, they would find somebody else. It seems simple, but, I mean, just, I love it. Um, over 30 years, he ended up doing their work after yeah, that start. Yeah, and then Frank talked about, well, they talked a lot about, we'll get into the, the next question, but Frank talked about, for him, one of the most meaningful projects was the first ever three-story concrete tilt-up building that they built for Centel and how that trend has continued through other developments and with other developers. And Centel is a company only those that have been around here a while even recognize because that was the former phone company. Aha. Frank again talked about how Mark Fine, when he was with American Nevada, innovated the master plan park and was the first to build flex buildings. And now we have them all over the place. Which they referenced uh, the Ethelim Flex Park out by the Ethelim factory, and they went back to this was somewhere in the early 1980s. So the 1980s, what uh, design innovations were like. One of my takeaways this morning was, so last month's NAOP panel was also a design-forward panel, and they talked a lot about where design is going in the future, where it is now and where it's going. So it was a cool contrast, you know, what innovation was in 1980. Southern Nevada, and what it is now, Southern Nevada. So the next umbrella conversation that, that Jennifer posed to them is, you have an architect and you have a general contractor, and stereotypically, these two are in conflict with each other. One wants to design the most beautiful, lavish, wonderful building. The other one needs to deliver on time and on budget. So, I mean, just naturally, th these two trades are in conflict with each other. Yeah, they talked a lot about the architect and contractor partnership. And these two, they both, I think they perfected it. And I, I share this from not only here and today, but I remember working in the industry, watching what these two firms did together. JMA and Martin Harris were a partner all over town, and they were developing new tools and new methods on how to work together. So again, back to Howard Hughes, which turns out was an enormous influence on both of these men and in our community as we as we found out so they schooled both frank and tom early on that you two need to figure it out you two need to work together don't come to us with your conflicts you figure it out there was a lot of conversation around that uh, how it was and how unfortunately things are going they tom actually spoke about the architect and the contractor being on a level platform so they work together versus one being over the other and both driving the design together. Um, they also talked about 
focusing on a completed project and not a litigious relationship. And I think yes. what you're refer- referencing exactly what was, is yep. so much of it today has become litigious. And the true relationships work away from that. If we don't start out adversarial, we can continue through the project as a relationship, as a partnership. And they they truly exuded what that looks like through their careers mm-hmm. and the success stories. And what did Frank say about conflict resolution? It's much better eyeball to eyeball as opposed to these... Uh, w- Keyboard warriors, and there was another funny phrase he said, but that was that got a, a good audience chuckle. Frank is very much about face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, sit across the table. Uh, he, he genuinely believes that is part of the relationship. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really smart question Jennifer asked. What issues are you guys concerned with today? As I thought it was cool to hear their perspective as folks that might not be in the trenches day to day. They're certainly absolutely still involved. Um, but when, when they have a lifetime career of experience and reference points and now some time to maybe reflect and, and sit back, where do they see issues that aren't getting enough attention? And Frank jumped right out with homelessness. But he didn't say this is an issue. He said this is something we can actually address before it gets out of control. And I thought that was pretty astute the way that he he couched it not as ah they got to do something about this he was talking about what is being done and he really put it in spotlight on it that we can actually solve this that there are things happening with the city of las vegas with veterans village with tiger todd's hero school that if we gave it some more attention we can not become some of our neighboring cities where they have a runaway problem yeah he talked about getting on the problem before it's too late and that we are not too late yet. And we have several different programs in place. And if we embrace those and help support those, they can do what they need to do. If we wait till the, the homelessness, and he may have referenced some of the challenges in California, that it's so far gone, he did, what do you do then? And for us to stay on the forefront. He talked quite a bit about Tiger Todd and Project Hero, or um, I may have the name wrong there. No, that's All right. of the things that they do to help the homeless get things like simple driver's license or, mm-hmm. or identification cards. Because if you have, don't have an identification card, how do you get a job? And if you can't get a job, how do you get off the street? Exactly. Uh, shifting to Tom, his concern where, what, where he gives his attention to these days is incentivizing infill development. These, these vacant lots around our city, all over our city, not just downtown, but all over the place. How do we get them developed into productive projects for the community? He's a huge advocate of finding these vacant lots that are sitting in the middle of the city that is, has no activity on it. Let's fill those in. Let's build the community. Let's make it a little more concentrated so we can have all the facilities closer by before we go further out towards the mountains. And he's not just a talking head about this. He's not sitting you know, passively on the sideline. He won a NAOP Spotlight Award for one of these projects just last year. I think he's incredibly innovative, and he's got ideas to be learned from. So Frank told a very good story about another one of his concerns. And the, and the way he started the story was, you know, people move to Las Vegas because they're trying to get away from something. Um, it's become unbearable, unlivable in the communities where they come from. And they come here and they love it and it's wonderful, but they continue to vote for policies and procedures like it was back home. And slowly, slowly, it's becoming a little bit tougher 
to do things here, to get things done. He talked specifically about permits and the construction process. I think he referenced Green Valley Athletic Club, which may have been in the 80s, and he received a building permit in less than 10 days. And it was the largest structure being built in Henderson at the time. Yes, and how our processes don't allow for that anymore. So I think Dan Doherty mentioned this once. With you know, That was the 1980s when there was, compared to today, virtually no technology. How is it that with all of the advancements in technology, permitting time is taking longer, not shorter? I don't know. <laughs> is that is that not a, for this episode is that a trick to solve? Question? <laughs> you know what? It's it's not really a trick question, and it's not actually a rhetorical question. And I'll tell you why. They talked a lot about the entrepreneurial spirit of Las Vegas. I grew up here. You grew up here. Uh, what I know is this: people in Las Vegas know how to do things. We're a little cowboy town out west, and we're the number one in so many things: gaming, hospitality, dining. We, we innovate everything. We blow things up to make way for the next big thing. We are better than this as a community. And if we just ask the question, how do we become the absolute best in permitting? How do we become the best in the world at educating our children? How do we become the best at fill in the blank? We know how to do that. We've done it in other industries. As a community, we know how to do that. So if we just point our attention with the same question, we could figure it out. I believe that. I believe we have the people here that can figure it out. I would tend to agree with you. Quite profound. You know where they went next? They talked about Q&A. Talked about the youth. Mentorship. Yes. yes. A lot of conversation around that. One of the questions from the audience was, you know, you build buildings, you build communities, you build companies. Talk about how you build into people. This is a hot button for both of them. They both that love was clear. mentorship. That was so clear. Oh, I, I think yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just a uh, a talking point on stage. This is from their heart. Both of these men, uh, they they both mentioned it independently. They look at the industry today, and they could see how many people came went through each of their firms that are in other companies, and not just in other companies may own other companies or be in other company leadership. Both of them independently have mentored so many people. I, I don't think you could count. But I, I do know that when I come across an architect, per se, their resume has JMA on it. When I come across someone in, our, in, a, in a company that maybe we're interviewing or something, somewhere in their resume is Martin Harris. And both of those items are good for the resume. Those are good to have it as a background. Those are good training grounds. Those are good mentorship. People learned good things in their careers at both those companies. Yep. I don't have anything to add on there. All I, I wrote down exactly what you said verbatim. Uh, mentorship and building into people, very important to each of these professionals. And they still do it today. Even though they both sold their organizations, they still have mentorships that they're both actively involved in. What were some of the other Q&As? So... One of the questions that came out of the crowd was, what was the most rewarding development or project that you may have been involved with? Frank talked about being the best at what you do. Set up a place, your workplace, your office. Go someplace that you enjoy to work. Not just six hours or eight hours a day. Someplace you enjoy 12, 14, 18 hours a day. And, and that's, that's the school of Frank. That is the work uh, the School of Hard Knocks. He got some advice from Jay Taberti many, many years ago, and I've heard him say this several times. Construction is one of the toughest industries to be in 
But the good thing is the first 40 hours are only the toughest. After that, your competition goes home. And for Frank, that's game time. How profound is that? If you want to be the best, like you're putting the work and the hours that your competitors aren't willing to. I thought that was great. You know, uh, conversely with Tom, he says when he gives advice to young people, young arch- architects in particular, he really urges them to, to think about where they want to end up in their careers. What kind of vision do they have for themselves early on and then go to a firm that they can grow into their own vision with? Not go to a firm where they're just going to earn a paycheck knowing that this isn't the kind of work they want to be doing. See what they want and continue on that path. Yep. And don't get distracted. You can adjust, but stay focused on where you're going. Another key piece of advice that Frank shared with us, he said, and this is close to a quote, be willing to fail fast and fail cheap. And he elaborated on that. What he means is if you made the wrong turn, stop now and turn around. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Make a decision, go a direction. If it doesn't work out, and he talked about approach, not necessarily what you're doing. You know, don't change your career per se or don't change company per se, but think about how you what your approach was that wasn't working and change the approach so that you can get the results that you want. It's so many individuals, I believe, once they make a decision, they have to stay with it. And in our world, that's not necessarily the case because if we make a decision and it's a bad one, we don't know it until we try it. So it's okay to change. And I think that was what Frank was trying to get across the table. And set yourself up to, to know that if it's not working, you're going to cut it out early and cut it out cheaply, as he said. So from there, I mean, really it was um, the last question that Jennifer asked was, what are you doing now? Uh, we talked a little bit about Frank and his primary job is supporting Bonnie and, and what she's doing and, and is a world champion at. And Tom talked a lot about... Um, you know, he really, when he sold his company, he gave a lot of thought to what kind of lifestyle he wants. And he didn't want to necessarily ramp up another company and work 60 hours a week for the next 30 years. He wanted to dial it back. And the best way he knew how to do that was to be his own type A personality client and develop for himself, which he's doing actively now and enjoying sunny San Diego. And I think he's been successful at it. He's, he said he's brought in one or two people and he's helping mentor them. And he's enjoying what he's developing. And when I watch Frank and getting to know Frank and Bonnie, what he says about honoring her and where she's going is real. It's not lip service. No. I know. He is, whatever her schedule is, dictates their world right now. You know, when you ask him to be on a panel or to, hey, can we meet on this or whatever, the first thing out of his mouth is, let me check what Bonnie's doing. And she left yesterday, Mm -hmm. so he couldn't leave with her. So he was here, and he's getting on a plane in a couple hours to catch up with her. Yep. Incredible uh, careers, incredible stories that they tell, that they share, you know, from everyone you could ever admire. They've done work with. And we're ending here. This is the last breakfast program for the year, for the calendar year. And, Sean, this is your last breakfast program as NAOP chapter president. Yeah, I'm actually going to miss the breakfasts. But we're going to hand it off to Julie. Yes. She's going to do a great job next year. And uh, it's going to be a different breakfast for me. Well, yeah, you get to sit back and hang out. I, I, get, to, <laughs> I get to say good morning to you a little more. That's right. Well, Sean, thank you very much for your service to NAOP as chapter president. I know it's not over, but this is the, the last breakfast that you'll be being the president for. And you've got a couple other programs to close out your year. 
But I think uh, as a board member, I can speak for the board that you've done a fabulous job. So thank you for your time for now. Thank you for your help. And that's it, folks. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Takeaways Podcast is about sharing and paying it forward. If you like this show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. It really goes a long way. And if you really like the show, please share takeaways with a friend. Thank you and tune in next time.